Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Micah Patra, joined by none other than the wonderful man himself, the legend, Al Hunter here. Glad to have you on, Al. I, uh, I'm excited, man. I, I, you know, we've, we don't really know each other too, too well, but we've done a couple contests. I'm sure we've been in plenty of DraftKings contests with each other over the years, but there, uh, I mentioned it before we had that uh, with a few other guests. We had that contest last, last season uh, with a bunch of other, you know, DFX, uh, DFS experts, pros, uh, contributors all over. It's, it feels weird calling ourselves experts, man, because we probably get toasted <laughs> more often than we don't. But uh, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. Um, I'm good, man. Happy to be on. I'm uh, excited to break down tomorrow's slate, and hopefully we find some good picks for the listeners. Win some cash. Well, that's it, man. Let's win some people some money. It is February 4th. It's a wonderful yeah. Friday, guys. We got nine games to talk about. I'm always excited. Uh, it's always exciting when I got somebody else on here, too, Al, where I'm just not talking to myself. I get a second to take a sip of water. <laughs> uh, you know. You don't have to hear the raspy voice come in, but we were just chatting a little bit before we hopped on here, talking a little hoops. You know, you were just down here. You didn't even know I moved to Dallas, which I didn't expect it to. Uh, I didn't expect <laughs> that. But you you informed me that, you know, your father, are you part of that season ticket package or is it just your yes. dad? Kind of. Yes, I'm part of the se- uh, season ticket package. Yes. So oh. the Celtics season tickets. Yeah. Are you a Celtic fan? Too. Yes, or just, uh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, but sometimes you just get born <laughs> into the season tickets and you're, and you're not going to turn those away, uh, yeah. that sort of thing. But, so where are you at with the whole Jalen Brown thing? Do you think you guys want to move on from him or you want to just hold on to him for dear life? I don't know about hold on for dear life, but, yeah, at the moment I want to hang on. They, um, The two Jays finally look like they could coexist much better, you know. Like in the beginning of the season, it was like one or the other, like uh, the season opener in New York. You know, Jason was terrible, but Jalen went off. And now it looks like they can both, you know, have big nights together and we can win collectively. You know, and our defense has been great. And I, I don't want to move on right now. I want to keep running the ship right now. Well, then you're also seeing the rumors, I guess, of like Robert Williams possibly going to Toronto. And I'm hearing a bunch of things. It's uh, also the NBA trade deadline, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the rumblings are happening, man. So nah, uh, we're, not, we're not trading Robert Williams, man. His deal is too good. That. Yeah, no, there's no way. <laughs> Don't believe that one. I'll, t- I'll tell you here first. No. All right, cool, cool. I'm glad. I like Robert. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I just, I mean, point per minute machine when you're talking exactly, just fantasy yeah. in general. But uh, also, just one of those. I love the undersized centers, man. The guys that bring back the old Chuck Hayes days. Like you know, give me an undersized like Charles Barkley type center that just crashes the boards and plays defense. Doesn't need more than five or six touches a game. Uh, that is the key to championships. But uh, we're going to jump right into this. Before we do, though, quick shout out to Thrive Fantasy, guys. Come prop up with us over there on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Uh, if you haven't heard, Thrive is the daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Now, you choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets, build a lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of a prize pool. Thrive is over 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA alone. Has awarded over $6 million so far. So when you sign up, head over there. Use the promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. You receive an instant 100% first deposit match on up to $100. So it's instant. Uh, Al, I know you signed up for DK one time. You put in that deposit, and they slowly put it into 
your funds after you play it every night. Uh, this is an instant first deposit match. We use the promo code ethos on up to $100 to download Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. So, my friend, first game of the night, Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Charlotte, taking on the Hornets here. So, should be a good one. But uh, we'll start off with the Hornets. Vernon Carey, Kai Jones, Jalen McDaniels, all ruled out. Kelly Oubre Jr. is available. And Gordon Hayward is questionable. And then for the Cavs, Darius Garland, Laurie Marketing, Ricky Rubio, Colin Sexton, all ruled out. Now let's check to see, because sometimes we record this the night before, and we don't always have a game total. And it looks like at the moment we do, 216.5, Charlotte being favored by four points. I will pass it over to my guest, the man of the hour, Al. Talk about this Cleveland Cavs team, I guess, who you're looking at with Garland out uh, and who you're going to be able to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, with Garland out, we have to play Brandon Goodwin at uh, 4.1K. Um, he got the start on Wednesday for Garland, and he put up 29.75 DraftKings points in 32 minutes. And um, that was against the Rockets, who are probably the best matchup in basketball right now to attack. You know, they have the worst defense in the league, and they play, I think, at the second fastest pace. And now we he gets the Hornets, who are probably the second best matchup. You know, they're 26 in defensive efficiency, and I think they're in the top five in pace as well. So uh, you got to go right back to him at that price. And um, he scores one point, fancy point per minute, with a 20% usage rate with Garland, Rubio, and Sexton off the floor. And he's averaging 25 DK fantasy points per game in the three games. He's gone over 20 minutes this season. So he's going to be extremely choppy, uh, but I think he got to eat the chalk with Goodwin. And um, I'm also pretty big on Kevin Love. I haven't been on him at all this season, but <laughs> in these last two without Garland, he's gone over 40 DraftKings points in back-to-back games. And he's played 31 minutes per night in these two, which is a lot for him. Um, this season, he's scoring 1.3 DK fantasy points per minute. So if you're getting around 31 minutes from Love, he's going to eat. And uh, as I've noted before, you know, the matchup is just perfect against the Hornets. So I really like Love, and he's never popular. He's not going to be popular at this hyper price tag either. No, I'm right there with you. Those are the two guys I had circled. Uh, yeah, we saw Osmond kind of go back to that bench role. Goodwin drew the start for him. And as long as Goodwin's starting, I'm right there with you. You, you said it perfectly, man. Charlotte's a picture-perfect matchup. Uh, and the little boom for both those guys is Charlotte also is absolutely terrible at defending the three-point line. So uh, you, th- you look at two players on this floor that are going to be able to stretch it. It's probably going to be Goodwin. It's probably going to be a little bit of Kevin Love. Uh, I'm, I'm right there, both those guys. I think good Goodwin is going to be fairly chalky, but I'll eat the chalk right there. There's a ton of value on this slate, too. So yeah, I'm already getting the feeling like it's going to be a little bit of a, of a stars and scrub type night. Um, we'll slide over to the Charlotte side of the ball. That we're here. Obviously, uh, Lamella Ball being the, the key guy that everyone always wants to talk about. Price tag is starting to get back up there, but as long as he's under 10K, I'm going to have consideration for Lamella. There's no doubt about it. Uh, dude's averaging about 48 DK points in two matchups against this team already in the season. And not saying Garland is a picture-perfect defender, but anytime you see that the, you know they're, they're putting in spot-start players, usually the defense lags behind just ever so slightly. So I don't mind looking at Lamello. Uh, but outside of Lamello, we got to keep an eye on P.J. Washington. He drew that start in the last one. If he draws another start, I'll have interest in P.J. at 4,900. It's always helpful that he has the power forward eligibility. But those are the two main guys that have, I'd probably have my eye on, but I'll never fault you if you want to look at somebody uh, as like a Kelly Oubre and a one-off or a Terry Rozier as a pivot to LaMelo just because this team, when everything's clicking, they all have the upside. They all have the firepower. It's just it's a little difficult when you're playing Charlotte and just trying to figure out who's going to have it that night. But uh, who are you looking at over there on Charlotte? Yeah, I like LaMelo if Hayward sits. 
Um, he's gone over 60 DK points in three of these past six games without Hayward. Um, so I definitely like him if Hayward's out. And like you said, P.J. Washington, he's just way too cheap if he draws another start. He played um, a team-high 42 minutes against the Celtics on Wednesday, and he put up 30 fantasy points. I mean, um, now he's going to be playing a Cavs team that has a big front court and Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, you know, uh, Kevin Love. So they're going to need P.J. Washington size. Um, I don't expect him to play 42 minutes again, but if he gets the start, another start with Hayward out, I mean, you got to go to P.J. Washington at 4,900, even though this is a tough matchup with Cleveland, a top five defense. Yeah, and I think this is probably going to be looking like the P.J. Washington showcase right before the trade deadline. Yeah, that's um, a good point. I know, that's a really good point. I know, yeah, he's been, he's been in a lot of rumors, you know, whether I've, I've heard Chicago, I've heard several teams. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, a Chicago or Utah – they want to get an extra good look at him right before the deadline. Uh, I think that I think that's kind of what's going on with that young as well. You're going to start seeing a couple players that you wouldn't normally expect to see in rotations or get heavy minutes. If they're on the block, they're going to. But we'll move on to your team, man. Boston Celtics traveling to Detroit. <laughs> Take it on the Pistons here. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the, oh, my bad. My bad. I was just going to jump into the injury report real quick. I mean, you already yeah, know. Go for, no, hit the injury report. <laughs> my bad. Hit the Actually, no. There's really no point, man. Uh, everybody for the Celtics is good to go. We don't have the Pistons. So you, you were probably right by just jumping right in there. Uh, and as of right now, it's a 213 game total, seven and a half point spread being favored to the Celtics. Talk about your team. No one's going to know them better than you. <laughs> um, at their price points, I'm not really into anyone on the Celtics tonight. I'm not going to be a homer here. And um, But, I mean, if you want to take a gamble, I like Jalen at his price. He's 1500 cheaper than Jason Tatum. And I – at this price, I mean, Jalen could get you 50. You know, Detroit ranks 22nd in a, uh, defensive efficiency. And um, when the Celtics are this expensive, you know, the two Js, nobody's really playing them right now. So I do like taking the gamble on JB. Um, otherwise, I guess you could take a chance on Time Lord. I mean, he could rack up enough defensive stats to beat his price point, but he is getting up there. Um, yeah, I really would just – Jalen Brown's the only guy I really like from the Celtics tonight. Well said. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably not playing anyone outside of like a pivot, like you said, if you're just based yeah. on ownership, depending on your contest. But in like single entries and cash, uh, I probably won't have anybody over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. For uh, for Detroit, though, I mean, maybe a stab at Corey Joseph if we see Cunningham's out again. But you saw it tonight. It was Frank Jackson's night and that can easily happen again. Frank Jackson's he's a scorer. He's not going to do much outside of scoring. He's not afraid to take his shots. But you know, with all the value we had, we just talked about Goodwin in the prior game. We'll talk about guys later on in the slate where I don't really think I need to really go to anyone here. Um, it's not really a revenge thing with Kelly Olynyk because they're not playing in Boston. Otherwise, I'd say he might be worth a GPP stab in tournaments if you're just looking for somebody that's extremely low-owned going against a Boston front court that has the size. Uh, the only guy that I could really consider, though, might be Jeremy Grant. He's getting a $500 increase. Remember the usage that this guy had earlier in the season before he had his thumb surgery. Uh, had a decent game tonight and his ability just to kind of take shots with no Cunningham, you know he's probably going to lead the team in shot attempts. So he's probably the one guy I might have consideration for. But at 7K, there's plenty of guys on a nine-game slate that we could look at around that price range. Yeah, I agree with you. Jeremy Grant is underpriced for what his role was earlier in the season. But um, like we talked about earlier, the Celtics are just playing really good defense right now. I mean, for the season, they're fourth in efficiency. So, I mean, I think the Pistons are a full fade for me, even if Cunningham sits. Like Corey Joseph got the start tonight. But like you said, Frank Jackson was the one that benefited the most. Uh, Corey Joseph played 31 minutes, but he only got 22 fantasy points. And I don't think that's going to improve facing Marcus Smart. <laughs> nah, man. Smart is the guy that will literally punch you in the mouth if you flip the double birds at him. Uh, Where is yeah. that? He went to, was it Oklahoma, OSU he went to? Yes. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. I don't know. That, that's the one thing I always think of when I think of Marcus Smart. That and great defense. But all right, we'll go on to the next game. Chicago Bulls traveling to Indiana, taking on the Pacers. The Bulls on the second half of a back-to-back tonight. Uh, we saw that game. It was a competitive one against uh, the Raptors. And I think Vooch is the guy that kind of came out storming, like storming Norman out there, had a huge monster game. Uh, but for the injury report, obviously, we are not going to have uh, the Bulls side of things. But for the Pacers, we have Goga and O'Shea, Brissett, both questionable in this one. Malcolm Brogdon, Isaiah Jackson, TJ McConnell, the monster bonus, Miles Turner, all ruled out. So we're most likely going to have to monitor the news because we already know there's going to be some value available in here. Um, but without knowing exactly what's going to go on, it's kind of hard to make a decision right now. 232 and a half game total. Chicago favored by one and a half. Talk about this Bulls team on the second half of a back-to-back, you know, still without Caruso, still without Lonzo. It's almost like a Boston situation with these guys for me, man. When they're all priced up, it's kind of hard just to, you know, immediately gravitate towards one over the other, especially on a nine-game slate. But let me get your take on it. Yeah, um, I like DeMar DeRozan. I mean, tonight it took him a little – they had to go to overtime for him to grind out 48 DraftKings points, but he's still, he only had 12 at half. So he did a lot of his damage in the second half and he's gone over 50 in three of his last six, I believe. And that is, you know, a product of Lonzo ball and Alex Caruso being out. I mean, with those two guys out, DeMar is operating as like a point forward. And um, I mean, him compared to Zach Levine, Zach Levine relies so much on his scoring. while DeMar does it in all categories. And uh, DeMar DeRozan is someone that's never popular, and especially with his price tag approaching 10 grand. And um, he's facing this indie defense that's been dead last in defensive rating in the last 10 games since they lost Miles Turner. So, like you said, the total is extremely high. What is it, over 230, you said? Yeah, 232. Exactly. So, I mean, th- there's going to be a lot of points. This is going to be one of the better environments on the slate. So, I definitely like DeMar DeRozan. And uh, like you were saying, Vooch, is, Vooch, Vooch went off last night. He got 64 and a half. Uh, DK points and um, he's gotten 45.8 before last night he's got 45.8 in the last six since Caruso went down and um, like I said the Pacers defense been terrible and during that stretch without Turner they've allowed the most points in the paint in the league so I definitely like Vooch as well and I don't mind playing DeRozan and Vooch together and um, I don't think that'd be a popular strategy if stacking the Bulls no, I mean we're gonna have value on the other side. That if you if you're looking, obviously if you're playing one or two of those guys, you might want to. Especially you said it, high game total, uh, great game environment. That you have pieces on the other side you can run it back with. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of with you in there. I, I prefer Vooch over to Rosen. I don't think I'll end up on too too much to Rosen. Um, I do like Vooch though. 9400. You said it perfectly. They're dead last in the paint. Uh, no Miles Turner. We just saw that they lost Isaiah Jackson 22 seconds into the into the game. So uh, RIP. Yeah, RIP. Everyone's lineups. I think probably 50 percent of the field had about that point. So uh, it is what it is. That was chalk I ate and uh, you know took it off. Me the too. Chin. You were and, not alone. No, man, that happens. I, I can, the amount of times I've just lost because of a guy that was 48 or 4,500 got hurt a couple minutes into the game. I, yeah, I couldn't yeah, count. Yeah, he didn't even make it a minute, right? <laughs> nah, not even. So when I first I, – I, so I didn't start off watching the game. I started you know, making dinner. Uh, I ate a little bit, and I was like, all right, let me go check some scores. I pulled up NBA.com real quick on my phone while I was eating, uh, and I saw it. I'm looking at him like, he's got zero points, zero boards, zero everything. And was that 22 minutes? And then I had to look at it again. I was like, no, it's 22 seconds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? But I figured it out quickly after I jumped on Twitter and found out what happened. I'm like, yep, there we go. I can shut the phone for up. the night. 
Yeah, you can't don't, make don't need to. <laughs> but that's probably the only guy I'm looking at. I want to keep an eye on Levine, too, because he was questionable coming in. Uh, his status was kind of getting upgraded, downgraded, and eventually he was available. And it's a back-to-back. So, you know, with Levine dealing with injuries throughout the season, a little bit of nagging, they might opt to give him the night off on this one, especially going against a weak Indiana team. So that's something to keep an eye on. If he were to sit, you know, you could take a look at Kobe or AO. Uh, I have no problem doing that. But for the most part, I'm probably just going to be looking at Vooch. Now that you uh, on, say that, um, Levine, they said 40 minutes ago he's uncertain for Friday. So Boom. You yeah, didn't see so, that, man. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely, I would I know, um, I would definitely go right back to DeRozan if Levine's out. I mean, he, the ball's going to be in his, his usage would be sky high, and so would Pooch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We see yeah. That, that the nice, like, 26 points. Uh, you know, six rebound, eight assist game from DeRozan that we always, and it's crazy because he's a guy throughout his career. People kind of always, you know, talked a little junk about him and said like, oh, he does the score. Uh, and I think ever since he went to San Antonio, uh, things changed. He kind of you know, reacclimated to his environment and he's, he's doing it again here. Uh, dude got better with age. He's like a fine wine over there, but exactly uh, on the Indiana side of the ball, uh, obviously you got to keep an eye on the center position because, who knows what's going on? If if Jackson plays, we're gonna probably have some interest in him. Six K is a high price tag to pay, so I, you know I'd probably shy away from him. Um, Jackson was Goga. Ruled out. Oh, Jackson was already rolled out. You're right. So it's, Goga, it's actually Goga and Brissett that were. Yeah. Yep. So Brissett plays, Goga's out. I think he probably draws the start over Taylor. Now I could be wrong there because Taylor just came out into the scene um, like a bull in the china shop to put up 52 DK points, 24 and 16 game. Bottom line, you're just going to want to keep an eye on the center position. That's the most important part over here. So if Goga sits, Brissett plays, it's going to throw a little bit of a wrinkle in there, but you could probably feel confident in whoever you see drawing the start. It's the first game of the night, 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. start time. We'll have that news. So just keep your eye on that starting position at center because that's the guy that you're going to probably want the most on this team. And it's probably going to be between – I don't imagine Goga plays. They said the injury is not serious, but – uh, I'm still thinking that it would probably be either Taylor or Brissett. And I have no no problem going to either one of those guys, 4K and $4,200 respectively. Uh, outside of those two guys, probably not playing Duarte. Um, I can never get Justin Holiday right, man. I get him right once a year, and I already <laughs> did it earlier in the year. So I don't, I'm not going to pick my poison with that. And I wouldn't fault you if you want to go to Levert. Uh, the games have been up and down recently at 8400 you really need at least like 45 DK points like you did in that last one for a tournament at the very least. You can get away with like 38 to 40 uh, in your cash or single entries. But I'm just not – on the nine-game slate, I got other options at 8,400 I'd rather play. Yeah, like you said it best. I mean, even if Goga and Brissett are both active, I think whoever starts will be viable because they're all cheap enough, and whoever starts, that's the guy they're going to rely on. So whoever starts I think is worth a gamble absolutely against, um, you know, in this high total. And um, the Chicago defense has been just as – not just as bad, but they've been very bad as well, uh, ranking 25th in defensive rating in the new year. Um, so I definitely like Levert. Um, last game he put up 45 fantasy points, and he saw a 35% usage rate. And like I said, this is just a great environment. The Bulls are on the second leg of uh, back-to-back. So, And I don't think Levert will be popular because, like you said, his game log is kind of up and down. For sure. We'll move on to the 7.30 Eastern start time. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Toronto. Both these teams are on back-to-back, so uh, we do not have an injury report for either team. We don't have a game total at the moment either, so something that you're going to have to keep your eye on. Uh, Looking at this Hawks team, though, they're pretty much good to go outside of, like, Lou Williams uh, in Toronto. They even got Ken Birch back, so they're pretty much fully healthy for, as far as we know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. 
Uh, this all could be null and void. But I will pass it over to you. Talk about this Hawks team. Uh, can you go to Trey Young in a back-to-back at under 10K? Uh, yeah, he played well tonight um, coming back from that one-game absence. But uh, I just don't like this game environment at all. Um, both of these teams ring in the bottom 10 in pace, and Toronto's fourth in defensive efficiency. And like you said, they're both on a back-to-back. And um, with the Hawks almost full strength, I really just don't – I don't think I'm invested in any Hawks tonight. Can't blame you. Uh, not a ton of interest. <laughs> not a, I like Collins' price tag, but it's not the type of matchup that I want to target him in. Uh, six, anytime he's under 7K, I always have a little interest in him. You can't trust Capella at this point because he's been getting outplayed by a Kung Wu. So for the most part, I'm not I, I'm not playing the Russian roulette with the wings over there, Bogdanovich, Werder, and Hunter. Uh, yeah. One of those guys, I'm sure, is going to have a good game. Don't get me wrong, but sitting here trying to guess. If you're building multiple lineups, sure, maybe take a stab at him. But I don't think either – You know, I don't see any of them having like a – you know, tournament winning upside kind of thing in this kind of matchup. So I'll probably shy away from them uh, on the Toronto side of the ball. I think I like Van Vliet at 8,600. Anytime there's a point guard going against either Devante Graham or Trey young. Uh, it always is something I circle. It's just, those guys play such porous defense. Uh, they get cooked. I think Trey young dating back to his rookie year has been one of the worst defensive point guards in the league. I think even when Isaiah Thomas was playing, I don't want to, I don't want to take any jabs at you, man. Cause I know you, you know, self former Celtic, had his best years there, you know. I know you still got a soft spot for him, but of course, uh, him yeah. and Isaiah Tyus, uh, they were the they were the two worst. He was the they were comparable, and that's how bad Trey Young was at defense. And so I don't mind taking a stab at Van Vliet. I hopped off the Gary Trent Jr. train uh, this. T- I'm saying this you know, tonight as we record this the night before, uh, and even in overtime, it, it worked out well for me. I pivoted to Derek White on that aspect, and I, I don't think I'm going to hop back on just yet. You know, I've seen too many games. I know he was on a five-game heater with 30-plus points in all those games. Uh, but I know who the real Gary Trent Jr. is. And when everybody's active on this team, it's, again, they're all fairly priced. They're all priced appropriately. It's it's almost like a crapshoot. You know, would it surprise me if OG has a big game? No, not at all. Would it surprise me if Siakam just continues doing what he's doing? Not at all. But I'm trying to capitalize on certain spots, and I don't think this is one of the spots I want to really capitalize on anyone outside of Van Vliet. Yeah, and – like we said, um, this is the back-to-back for Toronto, but it's not just a back-to-back. They played an overtime game Thursday night against the Bulls, so they're going to be even more run down. Um, Gary Trent's price gone up a little bit. I think he's viable, but at this point, I don't know. The matchup here, I, I'm not really interested. All right. We'll move on to a more fantasy-friendly game. Houston Rockets traveling to San Antonio. This is an 8.30 Eastern Standard start time. Uh, we have – San Antonio on the second half of a back-to-back here. The Rockets, they are good to go outside of Uzman Garuba, who we know is going to be out for, I think, the next six to eight weeks, they said. Or was the season ending? Either way, we're not playing them. Um, and then we'll go to the game line and game total. Uh, this is going to be the largest game total tonight. 239, San Antonio being favored by three points. That just pretty much says all you need to know, my man. So why don't you talk about this Houston team? Uh, and who we can look at. And I guess I could touch on San Antonio here because we know that Portal is still in the concussion protocol, but Murray sat out tonight's game. McDermott sat out tonight's game. There's a decent chance one, if not both, sit out again tomorrow. But give me your breakdown on uh, Houston first, and then we'll talk about San Antonio after. Yeah, Houston's um, a tough team to predict, like, all season. It's almost like they feed too many mouths. But uh, I like Christian Wood here. I think he's got upside in the spot. But I'm really not that interested at his high price tag. I know the game environment's perfect, but he could, he's his floor is always shakier than it seems. Um, I think the the team to attack in this game is definitely San Antonio, with or without Dejounte Murray. Um, everything depends on his status. If he's out, Trey Jones is a really good play. He would start, 
And um, this is just the best matchup in basketball. Like I said earlier, Houston ranks dead last in efficiency, uh, defensive efficiency, and they're one of the fastest teams in basketball. Uh, Trey Jones is averaging 24.75 DK fantasy points per game in the four starts he's made without Murray. And he's seen over 30 minutes in three of those four starts with that one exception being a huge blowout loss. So he's going to see over 30 minutes if Murray sits and you got to play him. And then, uh, like you said, with Jakob and uh, Jock, how do you say his last name? Landaline? Uh, Jock Land- Landale. 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 Oh, man, we jo- put you in I'm this. Just, I'm just <laughs> going to call him Jock. Uh, yeah, because yeah, cool. yeah, Jakob and Jock are both going to be out with concussions. And uh, we saw Thad Young start tonight, and he's a bare minimum. Um, and Thursday night, he put up 24 DK fantasy points in 24 minutes, and that was a blowout. So we could actually see him get towards 30 minutes tonight in this competitive environment. So, um, and you can be, you can use him as a power forward or center. And if he's starting again at three grand, you, he's honestly a must play. He's kind of a free square. So, and uh, the eight, the eight contests that Thad Young's gone over 20 minutes this season, he's averaging 28 fantasy points. So, like I said, must play if he's starting. Absolutely. You said it perfectly, my friend. I'm kind of right there with you with Houston, not really looking at too much, but um, I'm playing Trey Jones. I'm eating the chalk there. I'm playing, uh, I'm playing Thad. I'll eat the chalk there. There's no issues. These guys are so cheap that I don't need 30 to 40. Even if Trey Jones gets me 25, I'll take it. If I get my 20 or 25 uh, from Thad Young, that's kind of why I think I said it earlier in the show. It just feels like it's going to be stars and scrubs. And I, I'll play Derek White. I'll play I'll play two. I'll play three, um, depending on the type of build I'm looking at. I'll play all these guys just because Derek White, again, uh, if there's no DeJounte Murray, absolutely sign me up. And even if DeJounte plays, man. Maybe oh, if yeah. DeJounte plays, we're not probably looking at Trey Jones anymore. We'll still play Thad Young, but I'll play DeJounte. This is a picture-perfect matchup. He's torched him. He's averaging 60 DK points against the Rockets this season. So uh, I love this game environment. I love the Spurs. Um, yeah, I'll probably have a minimum, bare minimum, at least two Spurs in every single one of my lineups, I think, uh, just based on what actually happens. But I'm right there with you for the most part on the guys that you're looking at, too. Yeah, uh, they're definitely one of the better teams to stack tonight no matter what, if uh, Murray plays or not. But like you said, if Murray plays, you got to invest in him too. The guy's a triple-double threat every time he steps on the floor. And like you said, he's destroyed Houston this season. And it doesn't Are you, it does not, are you it doesn't a narrative guy? Than, are you yeah, a narrative, narrative guy, Al? Yeah, I'm a narrative guy. Because yeah. you got you got a snub, no reserve, no all-star exactly. reserve. Exactly. There we go, yes. That's, so that's, there's, there's, that's the stuff why we uh, go on the podcast for. That's, what that's it, man. You always got to <laughs> love a nice all-star snub narrative. So maybe he comes out here and just says, well, you know, let me show you what I got. Uh, but we'll move yeah, on. I mean, he ranks <laughs> he ranks second only to Joe Kick in triple doubles this year. I think he's got ten. So I mean, That's, and again, the three point you get three extra fantasy points for getting a triple double on DraftKings. So I, Dejounte Murray does not get the respect he deserves, like pricing wise. I don't think he should be over eleven grand. He never draws ownership either. Like it's crazy. Like he he gets. Don't get me wrong. He, he gets a decent amount, but compared to when we see other guys on the slate, like I don't know about you, I play him more than I play Jokic. I play him more than I play Doncic. I play him probably more than I play Embiid. Um, he just never gets the the ownership I anticipate when I'm building my lineups. And you know, give me it. I, I don't I don't know what else people need to see. He's never more than ten. I think ten five is probably the most expensive he's been all season. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at it right matchup. now, I think it, I think it is. Yeah, I'll pay it. I'll pay him up to eleven at this point. There's no issues there. Uh, the dude's a walking triple double, and he's got the the probably one of the better floors of all those guys outside of Jokic. Where he's yeah. never really getting you less than forty to forty-five on most nights, unless he just puts up a, a dud, and then you just take that one off the chin because it happens so few and far in between. But even when it compared to like Morant, when he's on slates with Morant, I I play him ninety percent of the time over Morant. Um, Me too. Same here. There's there's no doubt about it. 
Uh, But we'll move on to the next game, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Start Time. New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets after we just spoke about Jokic. She heard us. She's here. DeMarcus Cousins questionable. (laughs) Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., as we know, are rolled out. For the Pelicans, Josh Hart is questionable. Worley Hernan Gomez is going to be in the health and safety protocols. Uh, Garrett Temple, Zion, Kara Lewis Jr., all ruled out. And then we'll look at the injury, or I'm sorry, the game total here for this one. A 220 game total, Denver being favored by two and a half points. Talk about the Pelicans. Uh, it looks like that with Josh Hart out, a few more wing minutes may open up. How do you think this team uses them? Do we see Gary Clark? Do we see a guy, one of my one of my favorites that we haven't seen much of at all this season has been Najee Marshall? Uh, or does it just go to Nikhil Alexander-Walker? Uh, yeah, if Hart sits, I think it's not Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think he's the guy that would benefit the most. And I also think Ingram would benefit you know, from some extra usage for sure. Um, but I, I could see Hart playing, and if Hart plays, I don't, I don't think he's a bad play either at 65. Um, he just plays so much, and he fills the stat sheet up with. He's such a good rebounder. He gets good defensive stats. He's always a threat for over 40 fantasy points, and he's another guy that people don't like paying this much for. So I like Hart if he plays. And um, another guy is uh, Jackson Hayes. Has started the last two games for the Pelicans, and he's played 31 and 26 minutes in those past two stars. He scores right under one fantasy point per minute this year, and he's produced 26.6 DK fantasy points per game in the five contests. He's gone over 20 minutes. So I definitely like him in this environment. If he gets another start, he's only $4,200. Yeah, and the only thing I worry about with Hayes is that he doesn't start because Hernan Gomez is out, and they might just want to keep him as a backup now that they don't have like a, a third center really on the roster that they can really use. But it's definitely something worth monitoring because if he does start, he's another option. I still probably prefer all those Spurs guys over him. I still probably prefer Brandon Goodwin over him. Uh, but that's where you get him in there as a pivot right around the same price range as some of those guys where if he draws that start, he's going to be a little bit lower owned. It's definitely worth taking a stab on some GPPs. But for the most part, man, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker might be the only guy I look at. And I'm not even all that thrilled about him because when I want to play him is when Devontae Graham or Brandon Ingram's out. I just want him to have that, you know, that pistol uh, where he's yeah. just going to shoot. 15 to 20 times with no care in the world. Uh, and we haven't really seen that in many games with Brandon Ingram actually playing. So I don't I don't want to go too, too much here. Um, I think Jonas is always worth a play just because we know his upside. If he's playing 30-plus minutes, maybe that, you know, with, with only one backup center, we end up getting 34, 35 minutes out of him, which is well over a season average. Uh, then I could take a stab at him. Uh, not the greatest of matchups. I'm not saying Jokic is really great defensively, but he did drop 52 DK points on them in 39 minutes earlier in the season. So we know the upside's there, uh, but 85 is is probably right where he should be priced. It's not like we're getting much of a discount there. Um, yeah, on the he, can get, he, can, he can get in foul trouble so bad and get you like 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. Believe me. I, 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 I've been that guy that's been on the receiving end. I, I played Jonas probably more than I should have this season. Yeah. Um, and and when he was on Memphis, he won me a shit ton of money. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. Oh, he was a plug and play in Memphis. Oh, dude, it was yeah. a, it was insane because I remember like for probably the first like six games of the season, I was just playing him every night because he was like six K or sixty four hundred. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the people didn't understand the free Jonas narrative where the dude's one of the best point per minute guys in the league. He just was never yeah. getting the minutes when he was in uh, Toronto, and then Toronto, once he got yeah. freed, yeah. boom, lock him in. Uh, Jokic twelve four. It's a fantastic matchup, man. It's a good matchup, but we, we've talked about a few priced-up guys already. Uh, he's averaging 70 DK points against his team, so he's going to be paying off that 12-4 price tag if he gets there. I'm not going to say don't play him. Um, I'm going to have a couple shares. It's you know I always try to break it down to, like, if I'm playing a single entry, is he going to be my lineup? Probably. Uh, I don't want to say probably not. We have a ton of value, man. I think I actually will have a decent amount of Jokic. I, you know, I'm talking myself into it because – 
I'm, I don't see myself going to too much Harden later on. I don't see myself going to a ton of Embiid. So I think Jokic would be if I'm spending up over that like 11-5 range or 11 range. I think he would be my top option outside of him. I don't think I play much of anybody else on this team uh, outside of Jokic. But you give me your take. Are you playing him at 12-4 or are you going to prefer one of those other high price studs? I'm definitely playing him. I think he's the best stud to build around on the slate. Um, I mean, he is every time he's in action, but I definitely think tonight um, he's back home after a six-game road trip. And this season, he's averaging six fantasy points more in Denver. Um, He's always had dramatic home and away splits, but it's even crazier this year. And like you said, he's averaging 70 against the Pelicans in two meetings. In both of those games, he got a triple-double. So, I mean, and he, he basically got rested the other night when they ruled him out in Utah. So he's coming back home. He's well-rested. I, I absolutely like him at this price. And you mentioned him. Embiid is at the same price as Jokic tonight. Embiid's in Dallas. I mean, there's no way I'm playing Embiid at the same price over Jokic. There's no chance. No, even Doncic, I think, I, I, you know, when it comes down to it, you get a better floor out of Jokic over Doncic. They both have that same upside. Jokic hits that upside more often, and he has a higher floor than Doncic on most nights. So uh, we're right on the same page there. Brooklyn. Traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz here. Uh, Jazz looks like Donovan Mitchell has been cleared from the concussion protocol, and he is not on the injury report, but Jordan Clarkson is questionable. Rudy Gobert has been ruled out along with Daniel House. We know Joe Ingles is missing the rest of the season. And then Hassan Whiteside is questionable. LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Paul Millsap, David Duke Jr. are all ruled out here for Brooklyn. Uh, Looking at the game total, 227.5. Utah being favored by one and a half points here, which is a little bit of a surprising game total, knowing that you know they're still getting favored here and there. But we know Gobert; it's a completely different team. Talk about this Brooklyn team. Uh, it, it is an away game, so Kyrie is going to be active. Are you looking at either one of the two studs, or are you going to go go back to that Claxton well after that monster one? <laughs> yeah, um, both Harden and Kyrie are pretty expensive right now. Um, if I'm taking a gamble on one of them, I'm taking a gamble on a bounce back performance from Harden. I'm not playing Kyrie over 10 grand unless he's riding solo without Harden and KD. I'm just not going to do it. And like you said, um, I do like Claxton um, with Aldridge out the other night. Um, he started and he put, put up a double double of 51 fantasy points against the Kings in 29 minutes. And the 29 minutes is really encouraging because all the games before that, I think it was five games since he returned from a hamstring injury. He played under 20 minutes. So playing 29 minutes is a sign that he is back to full strength. And um, the Jazz are just terrible on defense without Gobert. Um, even if they have Whiteside, Whiteside is lackadaisical. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if he's starting. So um, Utah has been 25th in defensive rating in the last five without Gobert. So this is really a friendly matchup. And I like the part about Claxton that I like is that he's up to 4,900. And everybody's going to be playing the Spurs. I'm, I'm not saying don't play the Spurs, but Claxton's going to come with way less ownership because he's almost five grand. So. That's it, man. I'm on Claxton. I'm off everybody else for the most part. I wouldn't fault you if yeah. you want to play Harden, but I'll find the extra 900 bucks or 1000 bucks and get myself to Jokic pretty easily with all the value. Uh, and you said it you know, pretty perfectly. Whiteside is lackadaisical. You know, I can't tell you how many arguments I got into like, some of my hometown friends where even when he was on the heat and they're like, oh, but this guy gets three blocks a game. What do you mean he's not good at defense? Uh, he sucks. He sucks at yeah. defense. He's not good at just because you get blocks or get steals does not mean you're good at defense. It means that you challenge everybody at the rim and you're going to get cooked a lot. Uh, and occasionally, yeah, you're going to get a couple blocks in there. Don't get me wrong. But he's terrible on defense. I almost like Claxton more if, if Whiteside plays. I think that, yeah. you know, just going small ball, if if Whiteside sits, we could easily see that. 
I mean, there's no Rudy Gay on the other side of the ball either. I believe he already got rolled out too. So uh, they could just end up going a little bit smaller, and then we might see less Claxton. So uh, in terms of Claxton, I hope that he actually does play. They need some size in there, and then that would help him out a little bit. Um, on the other side of the ball, Donovan Mitchell, 8,400. I'm a little tossed and turning over this guy. I'm, you know, I'm throwing it up in the air. Um, 8,400 is a great price tag for him in this matchup. It's just him missing so many games, doing the concussion protocol. Do they come back and play him 35 minutes? Uh, I think they do, but let me get your take on it. I mean, he's the only guy I really have any consideration for over here. Um, I don't think I'm going to really go to – I mean, I could see a Royce O'Neal because we're probably going to end up seeing, a, you know, with no no Ingles and no Gay, really, that he could get an extra run. But – I'm not really too yeah, I agree about with anybody. You. Yeah, I agree with you totally that Mitchell, this is such a good price for Mitchell. I mean, he was almost 10 grand back in January. And if he isn't limited, I, he's he's someone that I think people might sleep on, but you got to attack him at this discount. Um, his usage goes slightly up without Gobert, and he scores 1.3 DK fantasy points per minute with the center off the floor. And um, this game has one of the highest total of the night. And like I said, he could be out. I mean, uh, he could be low owned after being out for so long. But I think you got to take a chance on Mitchell, barring that we get a word that he's going to be limited. Yeah, and you don't and, play uh, the, a guy coming off of a concussion if he's if he, if he can't play. It's, it's, not, yeah. it's not like hamstring or anything like that where they might be a little tentative. I think he plays a full complement. Yeah, and the other thing is if Clarkson gets ruled out, I mean, Mitchell's usage is going to be sky high. So it's definitely something to watch. Got to factor it, my man. All right. Yeah. Two, two games left, 10 p.m. start time. We're getting to the late games now. Philadelphia traveling to Dallas, uh, taking on my Mavericks here. So uh, we're probably pretty much at the same of not being homers because I, I can't tell you how many times I have not played the Mavericks uh, this season. But Sterling Brown, Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr. all rolled out. For the Sixers, Steph Curry is questionable. Then we have Ferk Noncork, Shake, Milton, Paul Reed, Ben Simmons, Jaden Springer all ruled out on that side of the ball. Looking at the game total here, it is 210. Dallas favored by one. I'll pass it over to you to talk about the Sixers. Uh, yeah, like we touched on it when we were talking about Joe Kick, Embiid is 12-4 now. And, uh, I mean, no disrespect to Embiid. He's having a great year. He's in the MVP, uh, you know, on the race. But uh, that's just a little too pricey for me, especially against his Dallas defense that's fifth in uh, efficiency. And I'd way rather just play Joe Kick. There's no question. Um, with If Steph Curry, Seth Curry sits, I do like Tyrese Maxey at 74 uh, even in this bad matchup, he scored 45 and a half DK fantasy points against the Wizard with Curry out on Wednesday. Um, and the the um, the less than ideal matchup in Dallas would probably result in low ownership. So I think Maxi's worth a flyer. Yeah, and I don't blame you. I I don't love the Maxi price tag, but if we do see Seth out, obviously that usage goes. It gets raised, and I think Maxi's probably yeah. been making a case for himself all season long on why he should have been starting from the start and why he should have got more run last season. The dude looks like he has the potential to be a future all-star. There's no doubt about it. He's very, very good. Uh, Doc Rivers loves this kid. They said that uh, – I think they were talking about the Bradley Beal trade, and they're like, yeah, we'll give you Simmons. There's not a chance in hell we throw in Maxi. Maxi will wow. not be traded. They're not going to throw in uh, Maxi for anything. They want this kid for the future. They love him. So he's probably the one guy I'd have consideration for, and even with that being said, I don't think I'll land on him all that much. Uh, nobody else over there for me. And then on the Dallas side of the ball, uh, I will not be playing anybody over here as well. It's just that simple. I don't love this game environment. Um, you know, Maxi Kleber will draw another start. He'll probably play a bunch of minutes. Uh, he's had 38 DK points or more in two out of the last three games. 
Uh, but he did not go against a guy like Joel Embiid in two out of the last three games. He actually had pretty lax goal saves several centers, uh, went against Indiana in that one game, and then went against OKC in the other. So I will take a pass over here. I'll let other people fall for that trap. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind Luka, and I actually think he'll be maybe somewhat like decently low-owned with DeJounte Murray in such a good spot and Jokic back home. Um, he's gone over 70 in these last two with uh, Porzingis and Tim Hardaway. And with those two off the floor, his usage goes up to nearly 40%. His assist rate's almost at 50%. He scores 1.7 DK fantasy points per minute without Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. So even though this matchup is brutal, and like you said, the environment's gross, the total's down to 210, I, I think Luka is still worth investing in. If you're playing multiple teams, I would definitely have a share of Luka. And then um, Reggie Bullock has been solid since um, Tim Hardaway broke his foot. He's uh, got 31 DK fantasy points per game in these last four without Hardaway. He isn't starting, but he's seen over 30 minutes in back-to-back games. Uh, so he's a decent flyer with small forward always so thin at only 4,500. Yeah, and he's basically just slotted right into that Tim Hardaway Jr. role where coming off the bench playing about 25 to 26 minutes. Uh, if the shots fall on, you're in good shape with him. Uh, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said. I'm not going to sit here and tell people don't play Luka Doncic because we know we just talked about it. He has the same upside. Uh, that Jokic has it's just you know again I try to I try to build this out like I'm playing a single game entry and if you're building multiple have shares of Luka no doubt about it Uh, if I'm building one I probably won't have them oh yeah if you're Uh, building one I would not go with Luka no (laughs) no but multiple definitely I would have a share oh 100 percent yeah yeah I mean it's that's where you're going to get the most people think it's sometimes fading it is fading the value chalk sometimes uh, I'm sure Al will attest to this. You know, you, like if you faded Isaiah Jackson the other night, you were probably winning no matter what the hell your lineup looked like. But exactly. You're winning money if you didn't have him. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Fifty uh, percent yeah. owned in most of these tournaments where it's. But a lot of times it, it's simply just pivoting with studs in mid-tier range guys, where that's going to be the biggest edge. Where sometimes if you can get a Luca at like sixteen percent ownership, uh, that's a good day. You know what I mean? Because you're going to probably imagine Jokic is going to sit somewhere in that twenty-five to twenty-eight range in tournaments. DeJounte would probably sit even a little higher than that, 33 to 34, I imagine, at his price tag. And you got a couple other studs that we've already mentioned on this slate where, yeah, I could see Luka drawing less than 20% ownership, and if that's the case, he's worth playing in a few. No doubt about it. In this game, who do you think gets more ownership, Embiid or Luka? Luka, for sure. I don't think anybody goes to Embiid with just Jokic being $100 more if you're spending up at the center position. Uh, And especially just because we've already talked about a few value centers and guys with center eligibility. Where you know spending up that guard feels like it's a little bit safer. I think the only real guard values that we talked about were like Trey Jones and Brandon Goodwin for just like supreme value. Where yeah. I think most people will end up opting to just you know spend up at the center position, um, and then you can still play like Thad Young at forward. You can still play some of that guard value. Uh, I don't think they're going to spend up on on Embiid. I think Joe yeah. you know, So maybe maybe with everything we just said, Embiid makes it the greatest tournament pivot. But I won't take my chance. There. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. Final game of the night, my friend, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Game. OKC traveling to Portland, taking on the Blazers. Shea Gilgis, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Isaiah Roby, Aaron Wiggins all rolled out. Robinson Earl just a fractured his right foot. So I think six to eight weeks is what they're giving him. For the Blazers, CJ Ellaby's probable. Damian Lillard, uh, Damian, it sounded weird. Damian Lillard, uh, Nasir Little, Cody Zeller all rolled out. Larry Nance Jr. and uh, Trenton Watford are questionable. As of right now, Let's check this game total coming in at 214 and a half Portland favored by seven and a half points. Talk about OKC and what you're looking at over there. 
Yeah, I like Josh Giddy without SGA. Um, he's averaging 37 DK fantasy points in the six starts he's made without SGA. He slides over to point guard and he plays his natural role and he just stuffs the stat sheet without SGA. I really like him, especially at this higher price. Um, the other night without SGA, um, Giddy was only 3% owned in DraftKings fadeaway, which is their main GPP of the night. So I, f- I don't think he's going to get into double digits tonight. And this Portland defense is uh, 29th in efficiency. So I really like Giddy. I could see him getting a double-double in this. Um, and I also like Lou Dort at 64. I mean, the price tag is high for Lou Dort when you think about it that way. But um, he scored 35 and 46 DK fantasy points in the last two without SGA. And the 35 came against the same Portland defense that he's going to face tonight. And uh, with SGA off the floor, he leads OKC with a 25% usage rate. And he's been on fire shooting-wise as, as of late. He's showing 48% from the field and 44% from beyond the arc. So I like Lou Dort, and he's another one that I just don't think is going to have much ownership in this game. So those are my two guys I like from the Thunder. He never does, man. I've been conducting the Lou Dort train for the past three games, and it's been profitable. Actually, I lost a bet to uh, our good friend Harris Kermani. Um, He's another one of the podcasts with me on, you know, what is it, Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. Uh, he took we made a little friendly bet because I tried to get cute and it was Gary Trent Jr. versus Lou Dort and they both were great. But I think Gary Trent scored like 46 that night or something. And Dort got 35 <laughs> or 36. So I lost that one. But 6400. I, I know it's expensive, but it's a great matchup uh, with the usage he's going to get with Shea off the floor. I mean, she's probably going to lead this team in shot attempts going forward. And yeah. with that being said, he's already put up a 35 or 36 point game on this team earlier in the year. I'm good with both these guys. I think they're both fantastic options. I don't mind looking at either one of them. And the only other guy I think is even worth mentioning might be Darius Baisley. Uh, only in tournaments. Don't trust him in cash. But the minutes have been a little up and down. But over the past three games, he's played 36, 26, and then 32 minutes. Uh, again, another guy that they're going to need a little bit more scoring punch from. And I'm not the biggest Baisley fan, but at 4,400, there's worse you can do. He scored at least 26 DK points in those three games, 35 in the last one. So. A decent little option, but nothing fantastic. Uh, on the Portland side of the ball, though, everybody's kind of priced appropriately is what I'm getting the vibe here. I hear CJ McCollum coming in at 8,300. It's a fantastic matchup. Um, but I don't think I'm paying 83 for him with some of these other guys that we've already spoke about. Nurkic should be able to have a feast on these guys. Uh, he put up 30 DK points in only 30 minutes, but I imagine we see a little bit more of an uptick. Uh, this is a great matchup for centers. They, uh, you know, OKC has been absolutely terrible against opposing centers all season long. But I just don't love the price tags compared to some of the other options we have on the slate. I think the one guy that you might be able to get away with is Anthony Simons, but it seems like he's starting to cool off after his heater for the past few weeks. Yeah, and I worry about Anthony Simons with Lou Dort on the other side. Um, like we saw on Monday night when these two teams faced, um, Simons played 34 minutes when he only got 17. So I I, I feel you with the appeal that he's going to be like a low-owned low owned pivot, but – I don't really like him in this spot. And Nurkic, too, he's just a little too expensive for me. I mean, he's going to have the high usage without Lillard, and OKC is a good spot to attack, and he's back at home. But it seems like Larry Nance is going to play, and if Larry Nance plays, I feel like that cuts into Nurkic's numbers a little bit and a little bit enough to scare me away at this price tag. Good call, my friend. Good call. And, yeah, we've how many centers have we talked about already? I mean, we're using Jokic on one spot. We're going to be playing some of these cheaper guys as well, so – Probably not the room for him at the end of the day. But that brings us home. That's all nine games. So now I gave you the heads up, Al. Uh, we do a little player tier segment. We're going to break down three tiers, expensive, middle tier, and value. Why don't you go ahead? You're the guest. You're the man of the hour. Give me your top tier spend up on the slate. 
Um, my favorite guy to spend up is Jokic. Uh, like I said, he's the number one player on the slate every time he's in action, but I think he's almost a must play when he's back at home. And he's back at home after being rested um, just on Wednesday night. He's and he's going to be facing this Pelicans defense. That he's destroyed. I think you got to pay up for Jokic. He should honestly be thirteen grand in it. I can't fault you there. He would have been mine if you didn't say him, but uh, we don't allow <laughs> repeats over here, man. So I got to switch it up a little bit. I would All say right. it's Dejounte, Dejounte if he plays. Uh, obviously, if Dejounte doesn't play, he no longer becomes an option, in which I'd probably end up sliding down. And this is where it gets tough because I'm looking at Van Vliet. I'm looking at Mitchell. I'd probably go with Mitchell 84, uh, just knowing that. Toronto coming off an overtime back to back, a little bit of a little bit of a caveat there. So he'd be the next guy in the over that AK range. That I'm looking to kind of pair with Jokic. Um, now we'll break down the mid tier man. Anything between five and seven nine. So it's a little bit of a wide range, a lot of options. Uh, who are you taking a look at? I think my, I think my favorite guy for uh, GPPs is Kevin Love. I really like the way they've been using him and the, uh, with Garland out. I mean, if he's playing around 30 minutes, you've got to play him. And uh, as we noted on in the beginning of the show, I mean, Charlotte is. I think the second best matchup to attack after Houston. So again, Kevin Love, and I think the price tag is going to force people away from him. And this is such a big slate that no one's playing Kevin Love. I, I really like him for tournaments. Yeah, no, no one's going to argue with that. I, I agree. And that's two things. I think I, if people listen to the show often or every day, whatever it might be, they always hear me mention it's, you know, Houston, Charlotte, who's playing them tonight. And that's who we're getting. Yeah, these one or two exactly. guys from. It's just that simple. Those are the easiest the easiest chalk you can hit is playing guys going against those two teams. Um, so I'm right there with you. I think that's a fantastic option. Um, I mean, again, this is going to be another little caveat. If DeJounte sits, I have no issues looking at Derek White at 6,400. He'd be a guy I'm looking at. Uh, but, again, we might not – we should have actually have that news. I believe that was one of the, the early games, if I'm not mistaken. Nah, it's a little bit halfway through. So if you end up getting the news and you have them in your lineup – uh, maybe you're playing him in that utility spot, wherever you might be playing him. You can always swap off. I don't mind looking at Dort at 6,400. Again, we talked about it. A guy that just draws no ownership night-to-night basis, has plenty of upside, should be leading the team in shot attempts. He's been shooting the ball well. He's got a lot of things going for him, so I don't mind going back to the Dort well. And then your value play, anything under 4,900. Um, we should say, what Spurs guy are you looking at? <laughs> I mean, you got to go Thad Young if he's starting. I can see Popovich... Popoviching us and going with a completely different starting lineup, <laughs> but I mean, you got to go Thad Young. If he's named the starter, you got to play him at either one. You being able to play him as a forward or center, like gives you so much flexibility tonight, and it's just something you can't overlook. He would be a free square if he's starting at bare minimum. Oh, for sure. Um, and then I would probably just roll right on the same team and look at a guy like Trey Jones if we see that Murray sits, and if you know Murray plays, I'd say Brandon Goodwin. Right over there. So yeah. we talked about all those guys, I think, an extent. We were pretty much both on the same page with them. Uh, and that is our player tier segment. So let's talk about Thrive Fantasy, guys. Now, we're going to give one Thrive pick each for what we think is a good player prop that you guys can take advantage of on this slate. Uh, so I will let you lead again. You're the guest, the man of the hour. Talk about your favorite Thrive Fantasy pick. Yeah, the one that stood out to me when I was looking over there is I like Levert over three and a half assists. Um, as we talked about earlier, He's playing point guard right now with Malcolm Brogdon out, with TJ McConnell out, and DeMontis Sabonis is out too, and Miles Turner. And with no Sabonis, I mean, Levert is soaking up so much playmaking opportunity here. And um, he's facing this Bulls team that was on the second night of a back-to-back, and they went to overtime. And their defense has been 25th in defensive rating in the new year, so they've been plummeting defensive uh, defensively. Um, this game has one of the higher totals in the Knights, and he's Levert has gone over three assists in five of his last six with Brogdon out. So I really like him for over three and a half. 
I like it. Uh, I'll probably go with Jeremy Grant. As much as we said about Boston's defense is being tough, uh, we're looking at 18 and a half points uh, and rebound total. I mean, he could. I mean, it's not a greatest matchup. He can get that done in points alone. We know he's always good for anywhere between like you know five or six rebounds on most nights. Uh, that gives you a clean 100 for the over. It's 100 for the under. I'll take the over on that for 18 and a half points plus rebounds. So, there's your two thrive fancy yeah. picks now. Guys, go get my man a follow. I mean, he took the time out. He joined us. Came with the heat. Uh, you can find Al at Hunter five one two. That is H U N T A five one two. And Al, let the people know where they can find your work. I mean, you're contributing in a few different spots. You're one of the names in the community. Uh, let people know where they can find you. I mean, they're probably going to hear this show and want to find a little bit more about you and see where they can read your stuff. So tell them yeah. where they could. Yeah, um, I contribute at uh, DK Live, which is DraftKings' uh, content team. I read um, uh, NBA targets there every Monday. I also have a PGA article I do every Tuesday there. Uh, and then I contribute a daily NBA article at Osimo, um, and that's based off their Boom Bus tool, which is a tool that, um, based on their projections, which are the best in the business, and they use their ownership uh, projections as well, which are also the best in the business, they give each player a boom rating and a bus rating. And the boom rating is their chances, based on our projections, to hit five times value plus 10 fantasy points. And then their bus rating is their chance to fit, um, to not hit five times value. So every day I write an article about some guys I like from that and some guys that I don't like from that from that tool. So that's Monday through Friday on awesome.com. So be sure to check that out and uh, shoot me a follow. Absolutely. Give my man a follow out there. Uh, well, well deserved for sure. And then I didn't ask you this in the beginning, but tell people a quick, before we get out of here, a quick little fun fact about you, something that, you know, only your friends might know. Put you on quick the spot. Little fun, a quick little fun fact. An interesting <laughs> you got you got to have something about you that's interesting. Um, I'll give you a DFS one. Uh, way back in the day, I've been playing for like 10, 11 years, and uh, I got into this playing DFS because my dad showed me it. And uh, me and him play, I don't know, he plays every night, and you know what I mean? I play every night. and back in the day we were on vacation and we actually this is the draft street days and i actually won the tournament and he actually placed in second and we weren't you know i mean we weren't together or anything so it was a pretty cool night that we came first and second in the tournament together you do that DraftKings nowadays the next thing you know you got the fbi at your door uh yeah, that's, that's 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 how you know it's old so you should age yourself a little bit with draft street uh but yeah, yeah draft street back in the day but that was anymore <laughs> <laughs> that was a, oh we didn't even really have same teams that was the cool part about it yeah it was cool yeah. it was cool it was a cool moment though was it a single entry or just a regular tournament play oh, dude, it's so long ago that i i honestly think i don't know <laughs> it was hey, like the 12, it was like a 12 it was like the 12 dollar tournament of the night on draft street so it's the best man yeah, take yeah. care all right I man well, draft street days <laughs> oh, they're, they're 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 long gone and not forgotten though. Uh, you know yeah, anybody exactly. anybody that's listened to this and has played Draft Street, make sure you tweet at us and let us know. Uh, that kind of just says, listen, I'm an OG that uh, has been here for a while. You earned your seat on the throne. But <laughs> thank you guys always for tuning in. Uh, you can follow me at Mike Apatria, M I K E A P O T R I A. Again, you can find Al at Hunter five one two. That's H U N T A five one two. When you listen. Thumbs up, subscribe, five stars, wherever you listen, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, wherever it might be, greatly appreciate it. We will be back tomorrow. It will be Mr. Santino himself. Uh, actually, what am I talking about? Yeah, uh, that's me. Uh, duh. 
I'm not, I'm not normally on Thursdays, Al, so I'm kind of messing it up here. I'll be doing it. I'll be doing Saturday's <laughs> Saturday show, and I'll be riding solo for that. I got to get my shit together out here. Uh, I'll be doing Saturday show riding solo, so I will catch you guys there. Uh, Al, anything else you want to leave with us before we get out of here? Nah, good luck. Let's win some money. That's it. Couldn't say it better myself, guys. Take care.